I'm Christian Esguera and welcome to this episode of After the Fact where we get to see things more clearly we get a better sense of the truth. Let's start by dissecting the news. In May next year, we'll go out and vote for our next president. The importance of this election cannot be overemphasized. We're all reeling from the pandemic which has exposed both the weaknesses of our healthcare system and the incompetence of many of our elected leaders. So if we all want change, we have to start somewhere, like the ballot, a powerful tool in a working democracy. But how much do voters really know about how or about their candidates to make an informed decision on election day? How many of them are deeply familiar with issues that matter? How do they know if those ambitious politicians can actually deliver? Or are they only a product of some well-funded and well-executed campaign? In the meantime, pre-election surveys are supposed to provide a snapshot of voter preference at a particular time. But do they accurately reflect the opinion of voters? Can they be manipulated? Tonight, we'll try to better understand opinion polls and pre-election surveys and how we can all improve the level of discourse during election campaigns to help all of us make informed decisions on election day. Now, be part of our discussion. Send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANC after the fact. Joining us tonight is uh, Professor Imelda De Inda. He's the con- she's the convener of university-based research and survey firm Voces Filipinas. Also with us is Professor Antonio Contreras, the chief political analyst of the opinion polling startup DigiVoice. Good morning, Professor De Inla. Uh, good evening, Professor De Inla and Professor Contreras. Thank you for joining us on the program. Good evening. Good evening, and thank you very much for this invitation. Yeah. Okay, this thank is a very you. important topic for us to, for all of us to better understand pre-election surveys and opinion polls. And both of you have come out with uh, your separate initiatives in this regard, and also to help educate the, the voters in time for the 2022 elections. Okay, let's start by talking about your respective initiatives. I'll start with uh, Professor Imelda De Inla. So, Boses Pilipinas, what is this all about? I understand this is based in Ateneo. And what do you hope to achieve? Um, so, Boses Pilipinas, uh, we claim to be the first university-based opinion and uh, survey research unit uh, in the Philippines. Um, it is a collaborative project with other universities and institutions across the country and based with the uh, Ateneo Policy Center of ASOL. Uh, with Boses, um, we, we, we seek to advance an empirical uh, interdisciplinary and uh, policy-oriented studies of public opinion on democracy, governance, and development. Uh, BOSES stands for BOSES, Opinion, Siyasat, and Ciencia, with, which underlies our commitment for robust, uh, independent, and ethical uh, conduct of surveys. Okay, independent and ethical. Uh, what exactly do you mean? And uh, is this a reflection also of the uh, current survey firms and results that we have been seeing over the past several election cycles? Um, we're not saying that this is a reflection, but we know that uh, there is a big question uh, on the quality of, uh, of existing surveys. Uh, people sort of mistrust uh, many of these opinion polls, uh, and primarily because uh, there is uh, um, the lack of transparency in terms of how they conduct the, the surveys. And because we are university-based, we are under obligation to adhere to, to the high standards of, um, uh, of, uh, of, of conducting research and doing surveys. 
And that includes, of course, undergoing um, a rigorous process of review uh, within the university uh, with our survey protocols. Including the ethics board, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yes, that's okay. right, sir. So how about the DG Voice? Uh, there's also a new initiative, right? Uh, a polling startup? Yes. In fact, we, were ju we just launched ourselves yesterday with a press conference. Uh, Digivoice, uh, we start uh, small. We are an independent group. We are not attached to any university, although uh, you very well know that I teach with the La Salle University from the Political Science Department. But we are a group that would like to change the way we do opinion polling and political analysis. We, we focus on the voter. We focus on authenticity. We focus on technology that uh, we have to realize that we are now digitized. And so we have to make use of the digital technology and gathering data. Of course, there are certain challenges, and that is the challenge that we want to address, uh, how to address the limitations, the flaws, the, bias, the suspected biases about online or digital surveys. And, 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 but the thing is, we want to, to also affect the paradigm shift in the way surveys are being done. That the focus on surveys, and, and you're right, you know, that the tendency is to look at the candidates and turn it into a horse race with winning, with losing. And yet the very core of surveys, and as a, as a social scientist, is to understand the people who are answering the survey, the voter. But when you interpret the survey, in the end it becomes now the candidate and the and, and the and the voter or the respondent now becomes invisible. Is rendered invisible when in fact they are the ones who should be understood because when you conduct a survey you have two things that you have to do one is to understand why are they behaving this way and it will be good for the voter themselves but it's also good for the candidates so that the candidates could read uh where they're weak where they're strong but what happens is that the logic has now been reversed it is now the candidate that is the focus and we in digivoice would like to uh correct that and and so our because we are using digital technology we have an app in fact we are probably the only survey uh group in the in the philippines where you already have a mobile app which is available in ios and android in fact you can even download it now so because of that it's it's quicker it's real time but it's also not could that be accused as being unscientific because our our vetting system our and and you know uh of course i, I also come from the academy and I would not allow, you know, my name to be attached to, to an endeavor that would be contradictory to the ethics and the standards of social science research. Okay. Uh, before we talk about the uh, the respective methodology methodologies of your research of your firms, uh, let's talk about the the composition of the group. For instance, Digivoice. Uh, you mentioned the importance of independence. So, who are behind Digivoice, and uh, where where do you get your funding? We, we we have we 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 have uh, with us a person who is into the computers. Uh, he I don't know whether I can I have the liberty to disclose their names. I have to ask their permission. But we have someone who is, is in, who developed the apps, and we have uh, our manager and our director who are one is from the media and another one is a development uh, development uh, management expert. So uh, and, and so. Uh, in terms of funding, galing sa sabulsa namin ang karamihan dito. We started small and we would like to uh, get funding from, from clients who is going to, you know, avail of our services. 
Okay, by subscription, just like sub other services. By subscription, because the, the, the business model that we have is that because it is an app, then we can have a direct, you know, I don't know whether I'm giving you a trade secret already, but you know, what we're going to do is that the app is also interactive so that we're planning it to become a way where the voter could know whether there is compatibility between the voter and the politician. But on the other side, the other and the politician will also know where he or she is weak. So the, in terms of the the, 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 the the public, then you subscribe to the app. Uh, on, on the politician, you also subscribe to the service. So that, that, that is the, the business model that we're trying to develop right now. Okay, so, so that is the business model for DigiVoice. But what about bosses, uh, ng, uh, bosses Pilipinas? Bosses ng Pilipinas. This is based uh, at the Ateneo Policy Center, right? So what about the funding? Um, sir, uh, since we are uh, university-based, uh, basically it's uh, university funding, but we, of course, it's a very uh, costly endeavor. So, yeah. and that's why we actually uh, resort to a collaborative model uh, with other universities who have the same interest with, you know, uh, to improving uh, voters' participation. Um, so we actually partner with other uh, non-profit organizations who, are, who have the same vision as us, which is to, to improve the quality of democracy and governance in the Philippines. So um, we operate in that model, uh, collabor uh, collaborative, and so we farm out uh, uh, our, our surveys uh, to those organizations and universities. And um, one of the things that uh, can differentiate us from other uh, polling uh, outfits is that we will not receive uh, any commission surveys from the politicians. So that okay. uh, so we ensure that really we are independent uh, from from uh, political influence. Okay, para mas maintindihan ng mga nanonood sa atin yung, yung commission uh, surveys. Let's say I'm a candidate, I want to avail of the services of a particular survey firm, magbabayad ako, di ba? So usually, meron silang uh, periodic surveys. I can also put in rider questions. It's how it works. And then, of course, a common suspicion of certain people is that if you pay for a survey, that survey might be skewed in your favor. Tama ba? And this well, is what uh, we hope if, to address. If I may comment on that. Okay. Uh, well, actually, uh, when, you, when you commission a survey, uh, because of two kinds of survey, commission and non-commission, the non-commission is initiated by the firm. And that is what we have done in our maiden survey. We call it the PINAS survey, which is Pilipinas and survey. So we call survey. it PINAS survey. And it's it's in, in our maiden survey, it's it's, it's non-commissioned. But at the same time, we're not closing the doors to clients. And, and it doesn't mean that if you have a client that you're going to be corrupted by it. Because I think if you are a client, you want to know where you're strong and where you're weak. Of course, you don't want to be told the truth. And that is our commitment. We have to tell you the truth. Where where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? We will definitely not allow us being paid for for us to for us to manipulate the data and tell some lies because we will be and and, and so that is that is that is something that will corrupt the integrity of the survey process. You know, we are going to tell you the truth because that is what you're paying for here. You're not, if you're, we are not a publicist, we are not a PR company. If you want to do that, go to a PR company somewhere. We are a marketing specialist, a political marketer, but we are a survey group. We want, we are, we want to get the pulse of the masses of the voters so that we can tell you the truth. Okay, and just to get it this, will help, uh, it will help you win if you want.
Yeah. Okay. There's also one issue I'd like to get out of the way. Uh, I know you have, adre- you have addressed this several times, uh, Professor Contreras. On social media, you're being bashed from both left sides. Right. Yes. Left and that's, right or all yes. sides. Well, because that's of good. your previous support for President Duterte and no. later on, yes. uh, you became more critical of him. And of course, now, uh, how, how could this affect, for instance, your, your, I your standing now? I could tell them now I have been critical of everyone. So, you know, I therefore I'm in the mid I, I, you cannot accuse me of being pro Duterte anymore because I'm criticizing him. You cannot accuse me of being pro LP or pro, pro Lenny because I'm also critical of them. So in terms of the bias, uh, you know, uh I I don't philosophize about this, but nothing and no one in this world is totally unbiased. You know, even universities have their own biases. Let us let us call it that way, you know. Scholars have their own biases. People who say that they are they, they are they are in the university or in a, in a science in a scientific community. I come from a scientific community myself, and I know that political scientists, you know, when they say they're neutral, actually they are not neutral. They have their own biases. What is important is you own to that bias, you declare it, and you just do your science well, and speak for itself. And okay. so I, I think I, that that is an issue that will keep on how you know be, be told, and and you you just mentioned it. And ang sagot ko lang naman dyan, ikaya nga, wala lahat sila galit sa akin, so sinong kakampihan ko? Okay. Professor Diinla, what do you think are the common weaknesses of existing surveys that we have now? And uh, what would be something different that Bosas Pilipinas would offer? I think one is yung nabanggit kanina, of course, uh, we've been talking about it, yung transparency. And actually, my question to uh, Dr. Contreras is also that, are you uh, would you be willing to actually reveal uh, who commissioned the surveys? And because, you know, by revealing the commissions, uh, uh, commissioning this, uh, with the commission surveys, I think it also has an impact on the way respondents uh, would actually react to the survey. And, um, yes, so th- th- that's really one of the contentious issues, of course. But sure. I think it's the fact that we should really be very uh, to be uh, that we should be facing because I think um, one of the things that probably is lacking right now is I think you know the idea of responsible polling because polls uh, in many ways have already affected a lot of you know of, of policies of the way we choose leaders and ultimately, of course, its impact on the kind of government that we will have. And so I think uh, it's. It's really important to have that sort of responsibility and acknowledgement that you know uh, polling will have those unintended consequences and so you know honesty and, and transparency is really very important and that um uh bosses filipinas uh we want to really um you know that that is the gap that you wanted to uh, to, uh, to fill in but also encourage others to do so um by you know by by disclosing our protocols um mm-hmm. by by undergoing you know uh reviews about those protocols and and being honest about it um so i think uh, you know uh really at this point in time in our history uh where in the next election would be very critical i think really it's really very important for uh for the polls uh for the pollsters to be responsible okay before i yeah. ask uh, before i ask uh, professor contreras to respond to that when you say transparency professor diinla the survey firm has to disclose who commissioned that survey to the respondents and to the public at large when these results are made available is that it i think they should yes yeah. Methodolog- okay. If I may, methodologically, you could not disclose the commission survey to the respondent because that would bias the result. 
yeah. because they would know who is funding it. Uh, you can only uh, uh, disclose the commi who commissioned it uh, if it's going to publicize, if you're going to make it public. But if it is going to be a commission survey and then the result is an embargo and the only person is going to see the result will be the one who commissioned it, there is, that is not going to be an issue. Kasi kayo lang naman na nag-uusap eh. Gusto lang niyang malaman kung saan siya, um, saan siya mahina at mga ano. Ngayon, so hindi po naman kailangan magkaroon ano dun, uh, uh, issue ng disclosure. But I think I, for one, would say that if it is going to be public, publicized, then everyone has an, object, uh, has an obligation. Any, any firm, and I agree that, uh, that there, there should be disclosure para malaman ng tao sino nagpondo niyan. But for non-commission surveys, wala namang problema dyan kasi galing naman talaga yan sa pondo ng, ng, ano, ng, ng firm. Pero kahit na nga yun eh, dapat alam mo rin kung sino nagpondo niya kasi saan galing yung fund. Tama yung tanong. Kasi of course sa university, for example, at Ineo, they, they have, they, it's so, it's 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 uh it's it's funded by Ateneo, but even there, with all due respect to uh, to Professor Dinla, even that may not even be an escape because we are university. We're going to be you're going to be seen as objective. Like I said, let us call a spade a spade. Ateneo and UP and Lasal are very much associated with the political opposition as a name. So how would you? It will always anything that comes out of Ateneo, anything that comes out of the LSU and out of UP will always be suspect to the diehard Duterte supporters. You could, not, you could not use as an escape the fact that you're university-based. So there is always an issue about bias. So the only defense against bias would be do your work, reveal your, your, your methodology, be transparent, and be good at it. Be good at your science. I think that's the only because no accusation of, even if it is a suspicion of, like you, you correctly pointed out, people can suspect me because of my previous political leanings and political engagements. But when we are honest about what we're doing, and I think I agree with the honest is important and transparency is important, and the results can stand for itself, then that will gradually just, you know, the, 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 your result, your work will speak for itself. And it is the best defense against any allegation of bias. Okay. Uh, what's your response to that, uh, Professor Dean La? I think I, I agree, you know, to some extent that, you know, uh, we have all, all our own personal biases, no, but th that shouldn't get in the way in how we do our work. So, uh, as already mentioned, we need to be transparent with our process. Uh, how did we, you know, how did we get the samples? Uh, where are they? Of course, without revealing, of course, the respondents, because it will dissuade them from part participating in, in the survey, no? Mm -hmm. But we need to be very transparent in terms of, you know, the, the sampling itself, how we did the sampling the size of the sampling and 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 you know not the non-response we should also be di disclosing that so these are the things that we really be you know to be transparent to the public as well um of, of course you know uh, i think we I, uh we mentioned during our launch in terms of how we differentiate ourselves from other uh, survey outfits is that we are not just interested in what the opinions uh, are of the public but really in looking at what are the influencers or the factors that that affect their opinions because you know, somehow I said, like, uh, in many ways, uh, public opinion now are, are being used by our policymakers, um, you know, by the public themselves. And this, this also affect um, the way they, they make further uh, opinion on, on many issues. So uh, I think really, it's really very important to, to make our surveys uh, more, more rigorous and, and transparent. Okay, let's talk about questions. How 
are we supposed to craft questions to be able to get honest answers from the respondents? This is also an issue being raised uh, before the established survey firms over the past several election cycles, the way they craft questions. Um, Professor Contreras first. Well, any social science research course will tell you uh, that the, you're correct. The way you phrase the question would have an effect on the way it will be answered. There are leading questions or questions that suggest, and also there are questions that are very hard to, to answer. So you have to pretest. Well, that's what you call in social science research. You have to pretest yes. your questions so that you can get the validity of it in terms you can get the what, what you want. Uh, it also the issue of language. The issue of the presence. In fact, in fact, that is why I think, in whenever uh, if the person has access to online uh, uh, media or malakas ang signal sa kanila ng internet, uh, mas kaunti ang bias if it's going to use a digital platform like a mobile app, because it's it's very personal. It's very it's a gadget that you can that you can you can you can work on it compared to a person who comes in and asks you questions because you know what, what we call in the social sciences as Hawthorne effect people yeah. will, will have the feeling that they're being studied and then of course if they don't introduce that they are asking questions about the elections for example if they're asking something then the people can mistake them to be a government worker so that is one of the reasons why you know in the past the people are complaining why is it that president Duterte is doing all these bad things and then he's still popular and maybe some people are saying maybe because they thought that when you are in the rural area, somebody comes to you, you don't know the person talk, asking about the ayuda, that maybe that person is being suspected as somebody who's working for the SWD. So therefore, I'm going to I'm going to impress her and tell her I'm okay. I'm, I'm satisfied with the, with, with the program. I'm satisfied with President Duterte. Because if I say no, I may not get the ayuda. So you have that. Any social science researcher, will tell you that that's a reality and so therefore so, you have to you have to mini, you have to minimize that and in digivoice we thought that using um, a digital platform can at least minimize the person to person bias but there is another bias what about kung wala siyang access sa internet precisely what, what about kung wala siyang cellphone ibang bias yun i-address mo now, that's why in our case we are planning but although in this maiden uh, issue in this made uh, in this first survey that we had we didn't have that but in the future for samples that are drawn from areas where there are no online uh, uh there are no internet access no signal then we will dispatch enumerators with the tablet where nakakarga na yung aming questions at yun ang ibibigay doon sa tao tuturuan lang siguro siya paano gamitin and then pipindot pindot na siya doon so that is something that but again there is also the bias baka ma-intimidate siya sa technology yeah. so you see every we could not totally eliminate that but the thing is that you, at least you're trying to address it and minimize it kasi wala okay. naman totally totally perfect na na process ng paggather ng data uh, any researcher will tell you that because i also teach social sciences methods any researcher will tell you that the mere fact that you're asking a person a question is already and uh, and you're a stranger is already the perfect condition for people to either lie, impress you, pretend, you know, not tell you the truth. Eh, sino ba tong bago di kong tukilala? Magkatatanong agad kung sino iboboto ko. Diba? Precisely. So, same question. Bago, may mga gusto pa ako itanong regarding this Hawthorne effect. Kung baka yan nakikita natin because of the current uh, results in favor of the current administration. But before we go to that, kay, ano, kay Professor Dean na muna. So, basically, the questions 
Well, how are uh, they supposed to be crafted? Well, may mga rules about uh, designing yung risk, uh, yung survey questions and as you know this is just my personal take on this you know on, in terms of the existing surveys no uh, outfits it's is that very general yung mga questions nila so it really lacks the specificity and most of the times if you have a very general questions it, it really comes out as very vague uh, and confusing uh, most of the times to the um, to the respondents and most of the times they would even you know just say agree or or disagree so there is no subtlety with uh, with the questions and uh, that of course uh, that's you know that's really a great bias uh, to the survey uh, but also that of course uh, because sometimes we don't really see uh, the questions in full yung kabuuan ng questions and because some of the questions can be you know can be uh, organized or or questions uh, as a whole can actually affect uh, the questions uh, by the uh, the answers of the respondents but we don't really see the 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 whole of the questions that were actually given um to the respondents and and and, and that is again a, a problem of uh, transparency uh, because most of the times uh, or sometimes um those as questions that only reflect the more interesting parts are actually revealed. So I think again, the honesty and, and transparency should uh, should 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 come to that. But also, you know, as already mentioned, uh, a social scientist, we are trained to you know to to do you know what what are leading questions and ito yung mga double-barreled questions that, that we should avoid uh, uh, in uh, in making uh, research questions. That's why I think in the universities before we could actually roll out surveys um all our questions would actually have to be uh, to be reviewed uh by an independent committee to ensure that you know um while we cannot completely eliminate the bias at least we can minimize actually uh those type of questions that okay. that actually uh, make the answers the responses uh, uh biased or okay or I'll, I'll ask about how this particular question is crafted in uh, in the latest pulse asia survey uh, whether you, you guys see anything wrong or anything vague about this. The question was, of the pe people on this list, whom would you vote for for President of the Philippines if the May 2022 elections were held today and they were candidates? You may mention others not included in this list. Is that a good question? Is that not, isn't that vague? Is it, is it just right? Who wants to go first? <laughs> oh, Professor Contreras, again. Well, for me, in my objective analysis, there's nothing wrong with the question. It's clear. It's not vague. It directs the, the respondent to to what what is expected of him or her. Except my only complaint is that it is in English. You know, there should be a way. It should also be asking them in the vernacular and their main term. It depends on the person is going to. Respond. I I think my Filipino version, yeah, my Filipino version, my Ilocano version, then my Cebuano version, then that object. Because sometimes, nagmamatter yung language kung ano yung ano. Pero problema na pag tinatranslate mo, minsan nagiba na yung words. Oh, uh, Professor Dila, for instance, uh, at this time, no one has declared yet officially. Ang filing ng COCs October one to eight. So, pero may mga nagpaparamdam na, di ba? So, may mga political posturing, may mga binabalya na sa, sa ilang partido. So, if you are to conduct a survey at this time, how should the question be phrased or crafted? 
Well, uh, if I have to to uh, to roll out uh, a survey like that, I think I would really start with you know whether they know these persons. You know, um, of course, uh, the, the 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 respondent should be given the chance to actually determine, you know, uh, whether whether they know the persons in the first place. So you cannot just give the those names, you know, without even giving some preliminary questions. So I think it's really very important uh, to give preliminary questions to uh, to the to, to the respondents rather than you know. I think my my critic one, of course, it's uh, a professor. Contreras said that it is clear, but for me, I think there is a little bit of vagueness there. I think it is a little bit. I mean, for me, I I, I go for brevity. I I, I go for simplicity. Uh, because very long questions could actually create confusion. So, you know, you can ask the, the next question, actually, you can actually uh, sort of uh, uh, divide the questions into maybe two parts and even add one uh, in terms of the preliminary questions on how 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 much they know uh, these per this people on the list. Okay, okay. number two, uh, Professor. Uh, may, may, I, may I react very quickly? Okay, Professor uh, and I, I, I agree that... that as a phrase, it might be long, but you have to understand also the way it will be asked. Because if it's going to be asked in person, in a in person, that means a face to face. Because I do understand that whilst Asia also dispatches, hindi naman lahat sila online. Talaga meron parang silang field worker. Pag yan ay tinanong, then pwedeng mahaba kasi andun yung tao para magpaliwanag. Kasi we don't know exactly how the question is going to be if it's just read and that the person will answer. Okay. So 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 a. It de again, it depends on there. You cannot just say that that question is like this or that. It depends on the, who is going to ask it, how is it going to ask. So okay. Is it written? Is it is it where is it written on a paper or in in in, in digitally? You know, it, it it depends on on on. And sometimes even the font size will matter. Yeah. Okay. Pag malilit yung font, malalaki yung font. Ano? In fact, ano yun? Italic bayan o kaya yan ay at saka yung condition na respondent, baka yung managlalaba, may ginagawa sa bahay. Exactly. I always tell that to my students, you know, when you are in the field and you're going to do survey on farmers, for example, wag ka pumunta na nag-aaning sila o may trabaho sila kasi hindi ka na yung nakaka-store mo ka. Okay? Doon ka sa loob panahon na si timing, when are you going to go there? Maybe go there when they don't, they have time to deal with you instead of their busy. Okay. The other question is this, uh, how do you determine which particular names would be included in the list that you're going to present to the respondents? Tapos, pwede ba, for example, ako yung kandidato, gusto ko magpapansin, gusto ko mag-commission ng survey, can I pay or should I pay just for my name to be included? Sige, uh, Professor uh, Contreras. In, 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 in our case, in the first survey that we had in DigiVoice, our PINA survey, uh, we had a question that where we said, we just asked our respondents, sino sa tingin niyo ang si ang sino ang alam niyo na tatakbo sa pagkapresidente? So it's awareness. Okay. So generated yon. And daming mga and daming mga sumasagot. In fact, dun sa lista na sagot meron si barang si mayor. Nino na ano si mayor nila, di ba? Kasi nga generated ng ng respondents. So simply may top fifteen yun. Pero sa isang question naman, what we did is already identified the fifteen. Kasi ito yung mga tao na talagang balita, matunog na matunog na na pwedeng tumakbo, kaya nagdeklara na na tatakbo kahit hindi po official registered, uh, marami. So, labing lima yun, nilimit lang namin sa labing lima, pero ang tinanong naman namin sa kanila is, not the, vo the voter is not uh, their vote for the person for a particular position. 
question, are you going to vote for this person in any position? Okay? So, that is a question. So, at least, hindi pakla, hindi, hindi kami nag-fix sa president yan, vice-president yan. So, okay. gusto lang namin malaman yung kanilang voter base. For bosses sa Pilipinas, how do you intend to do that? Because that's, that, that is also one issue being raised uh, against the existing survey firms. How do they pick and choose which names would be included? Well, uh, I think we are still on the stage of really, you know, conceptualizing uh, our surveys. Uh, but we actually uh, have uh, already conducted some preliminary surveys. But these are more targeted uh, segment of the population. Um, I think uh, in terms of this, you know, the, 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 the names, uh, it's basically on sino yung nagpaparamdam. Because most likely these are people who are really uh, more interested or are really interested in, in running for the position. So uh, I think just really based on that and and um, and yeah, we, we don't want to to second guess, you know, that that sort of yung 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 magkakandidato. So we 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 gather that from you know from existing information, and we can see that from the media, uh, from their pronouncements, and and so on and so forth. Okay, Ito, one interesting question from one of our viewers. How can surveys be credible under a fear-mongering regime? I think this is uh, this pertains to the previous surveys that we have been uh, seeing, showing that the president continues to enjoy high approval and trust ratings despite everything. For example, when it came to his handling of the pandemic, it didn't seem that the criticism was sticking to him, but it was being attached to someone else in the administration. Uh, Professor Contreras, is this somehow related to the Hawthorne effect that you mentioned or the fear that when uh, a survey person comes to the household of another respondent, he or she might fear that is this Duterte's guy or Duterte's uh, uh, field worker? I mean, how yeah. do you explain that? Well, again, it depends on the kind of survey that you're going to administer. It's going to be administered by a field worker who is unknown to the person. First time encounter and you're asking questions about the agreement or disagreement of a respondent on certain government programs, then that is really, and then you have all these issues and you have a complaint. Of course, you're going to tell that person honestly <clears throat> what you think. Matatakot ka. So, meron ganun. So, it, that, that is really a factor that we need to consider. But again, now, if you're going to use a digital, digital platform to have the online survey, then we know for a fact that in, in when you're online, uh, you you, you the, the the ethos or the, the proxemics is different in a way. So that could, that might have a different effect as well. So again, it all depends on the approach that you're going to use and the methodology that you're going to use. But speaking, uh, ano, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Professor Contreras, this uh, online survey that you are going to conduct, conduct na, no? so that is it, is it safe to say that that is limited or representative only of Filipinos online. Yeah, that, that is exactly what I said earlier. You know, we know we are conscious of the bias. Uh, and, and so what is important is you declare this bias, you admit it, you don't pretend that you covered everything. Yeah. And and then you're cognizant of the studies may limitations, Yeah, I wanted to clarify that because especially when surveys are being reported or interpreted in media reports, there's this tendency to generalize. But you have to understand yeah, yeah, yeah. But and the sinasabi ko to fault ng media reporting. Yung, yeah. Even if the sample size is questionable yeah. and even the mar margin of errors are questionable, 
ang reporting lagi, pag ito yung lumabas sa survey, parang representative siya ng buong exactly. Pilipinas. Okay, that, that is the fault of the media, not the fault yeah. of the survey. What, um, the survey firms declare their methodology. They say, they, they you know, openly say, this is on these areas. Sinasabi nila yan. Pati yung kanilang duration. Eh, minsan takalagi yung reporting kasi minsan may pagka-technical yung, yung information. Yeah. Now let you know in terms of the of, of the of the online nature of a survey, we have to understand in the Philippines matas tarin ng ang internet penetration. May yeah. mga lugar nga nakait puntok mas malakas pa ang signal kesa sa you know sa bayan. De, kaya, so, ako nire, kaya ako nire ratio issue na media reporting because this is also important for you guys for your. Uh, survey results to be properly reported in the media. Example, yes. ganito, diba? I think in one election cycle, I remember there was a survey uh, which had a specific margin of error. Tapos sinabi nila, umangat yung isang kandidato. At pag, pag tinignan mo yung resulta, pasok. It's a margin of error. So basically, it's the same, diba? So ang reporting ng media was, well, umaangat siya. So imagine how much effect that had on the voters or the voter base of that person. Hindi, ang hirap kasing ipaliwanag minsan ng statistics eh. Actually, maraming, maraming mga Pilipino takot sa numero. In fact, uh, mga iba nga, katulad, katulad ng maraming political scientists kasi kaya nag-political scientists eh, takot sa math. Uh, so, mahirap ipaliwanag ang concept ng statistical significance. Kasi mahirap yan. Mahirap yung ipaliwanag sa ordinary yung mamamayan. Kaya dapat we have to go, we have to, kahit hindi nagkukulang dyan ang mga, ano, ang mga survey firms. Sinasabi nila, margin of error. Okay. So, dapat ipaliwanan niya. And in simple terms. Kaya hirap kasi because kahit kalahati lang, sa basketball, kahit last minute, pakasyon ka ng isa, panano ka. Let's take this opportunity to explain. Asige, I'll allow Professor Dina to make that explanation. How would you communicate that to the ordinary voter? For example, si Candidate Contreras for president, lumamang ng isang punto, percentage point dun sa isang kandidato, si Candidate X. Okay. So, Sigurado bang nangunguna na siya? Do even the 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 verbs that are used could affect how the the the, the survey results are presented, di ba? Pag sinabi, That's ex- you, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Professor, Dila, go ahead. Yeah, that's ex- exactly what bosses uh yeah, that's ex- exactly what bosses uh Pilipinas uh would try to, you know, to address uh because we we believe that we should really be circumspect about uh interpreting the results. And 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 kailangan talaga that these figures could be understood in a clear manner. So kailangan um, simple, uh, claro, uh, maliwanag ang pagpapaliwanag. In this case, of course, uh, you know uh, it's very misleading if you say that uh, the person has that one percentage point uh, advantage already, and that you know that, that that person is already leading the one who who got the higher score. So, and 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 I think one of the things that also that uh, the public should um, should uh, should know is that uh, surveys are taken in a point in time. So ibig sabihin they are not you know they are not fixed. Um, and that surveys can actually, you know, uh, change uh, in a matter of time. Just one issue alone could could actually um, change the the voter perception or or landscape. So, um, and you know, uh, one of the things that uh, the public should also know is that you know, uh, surveys are prone to errors. 
uh, of course we already know about you know the the, the effect of yung intrinsic na errors katulad ng ano mga sampling questions and everything but of course the external factors uh, and one of that that uh, one of these that have been mentioned already is that um the impact of yung possibly maging herd behavior uh, doon sa ating mga respondents sa ating uh, sa ating publiko when they actually hear of you know the, the survey results uh, especially as as already mentioned uh, the results were not explained so sasabihin lang na oh umangat na siya siya na yung panalo uh, just because uh, nakaangat siya ng isang punto dito so, papasok yung ano yung magagaling ng mga PR operators and political yes, operators yes. they would feed the newsrooms with such information with erroneous interpretations sabihin oh lumalaman yung kandidato namin makikita mo diba and therefore christian it is incumbent upon the media uh, to start do their homework and i think you and you you very well know because you're a good journalist that in other countries uh, you know the people who are in media really have degrees not only in journalism but in political science some of them are economists and if your beat is you know an election you have to know uh, how surveys are being interpreted so that when you report it you explain the, you can have the ability to explain the meaning of statistical significance. Oh. Na yung 1% na yan, kaya hindi po yan ibig sabihin lamang na yung tao kasi ang pinag-aralan dyan, 1,200 lang na tao. Yeah. Ngayon, may hindi yan eksakto na one-on-one, -on -one, porque lamang ka ng one, lamang ka na lang. Kasi meron yang uh, yang pagkakaiba dun sa buong Pilipinos ang binila. And, and another, another question that is always asked, you know, kaya ba ng 1,200 na yan na uh, i-measure ang entire Philippines? Okay, that's the other kasi, question. Kasi yung randomization, di nila yan naintindihan. Uh -huh. Di nila na naintindihan yung randomization, although pwede mong ipaliwanag yan sa, alam mo, kung gusto mong sabaw. Pwede ba yung sabaw? Oo, uh, yung sabaw. Alam ka, ayan, ayan nga, dyan ang pagkutok. Pagkakainom lang sabaw, hindi mo kailang inumin lahat para masarapan, malaman mo ang lasa. Pwede mo lang kung anong ahaluhay mo muna siya, tapos saka mo kukunin yung sa titikman mo. Yan ang ginagamit ko rin pagpapaliwanag sa sampling. At hindi mo naman kailangan sirain ng lahat ng uh, sukatin lahat ang, ang na-produce na soft drink sa isang paprika para malaman ang quality. Diba? Kailangan mo mula kumuha ng ilan lang dyan. Diba? Basta tama yung sampling. Kung bagay nahalo ng tama yung sabaw. O, kung hindi nahalo ng tama ang sabaw, yun ang point. Pwede mo sabihin doon hindi na-randomize. Kasi yeah. hindi mo hinalo eh. Diba? So, nakuha mo lang yung parting maalat. Okay. There's a question here, very interesting. How do you guarantee the respondents the confidentiality of their engagement, say, in a village where village officials precisely make it a point to snoop in itself a form of intim intimidation? Diba? Nalalaman yan sa barabarangay eh. Uh, Professor Dinla. Um, thank you, Christian, for that uh, question. Uh, confidentiality is really very important to us, no? Uh, to ensure that they really uh, respond, uh, you know, to, to provide uh, their own, you know, true uh, response to the questions. Um, we have um, we have some protocols how to do that. Uh, for example, no, uh, we cannot have the all the the rest of the barangays <laughs> snoop on the person while doing that. But also that you know we are also uh, doing the surveys now via online or or even hybrid uh, method because of the pandemic. Um, of course, we also have that yung 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 undertaking namin that they can actually uh, provide a feedback. In, pa in fact, uh, they can, you know, they can complain to us <laughs> uh, because our names, um, the enumerators or people that we have commissioned to 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 uh, to undertake the 
uh, to implement the surveys, uh, 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 their, their, their details are there. So uh, that is one of our guarantees no? in terms of uh, making sure that uh, the respondents are, are protected, are secure uh in in the way that they they are answering our questions okay how about the sampling the respondents how do you make sure that they are properly distributed to be okay. uh, as much as possible representative of the uh public sentiment okay so sampling is really very important no and i agree that it doesn't have to be a big a, a really big size uh, a small size can be representative provided that you know so yung yung technique then is of course yung multi stage uh, sampling at yung you know yung yung uh, we do that so you know we, we need, you need to to sample different uh, demographics hindi lang kasi ang minsan kadalasan diyan um may overrepresentation of certain sectors that it's the one that we wanted to prevent yung overrepresentation of certain sectors yeah about the location itself for example if you're going to survey public sentiment or voter preference for Mindanao baka naman yung sinusurvey nasa Tagadabaw lang well <laughs> Well, that, that that's actually a challenge, no? Especially in the conflict area. And I, in fact, I did a survey in 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 uh, in the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region. But you know, uh, and that's the importance of actually having collaborators. Uh, for example, in in the survey that we have done, we have collaborators in those areas to make sure that you know you, we really reach out to them. Okay, Professor Contreras. Yeah, regarding like, sampling. The, the way I would answer that question is this: you know, if you are really going to seriously uh, work on your survey and it is a commitment to to something that is good for the country and good for the discipline your, your your discipline and good for yourself then you're not going to waste the opportunity of compromising it okay and to a point that it's going to uh, corrupt and pollute the results parang, parang you're not going to shoot yourself in the survey, if you're really a serious poll taker, holster, then you're going to do all steps, all precautions, that you're going to make sure that your samples are drawn properly, that your questions are phrased correctly and clearly, that you administer the survey in the best way you can. I think, I think and so it's a, it's a matter of principle. And, and there are, indeed, there are fly-by-night survey firms. That is a reality. Mm. And that's true in any profession, and it's a matter that are environmental journalists. Yeah, and delicate pa dyan. Since you diba? mentioned yung mga fly-by-night survey firms, ang problema, napapatulang pa minsan ng mga media. Precisely. And so it's, uh, people should be discerning. So aside from, aside from, you know, that's other the other commitment that we're going to have in Digit Voice, aside from doing a survey, we're also here to educate people about service, okay. about, about how to interpret them, how to, uh, how to, know what kind of survey is good and what kind of survey is really, you know, uh, just a survey-survey yan, di ba? And, and so talagang ganun, hindi mo ma-eliminate, there is all going to be a bad wind somewhere. Yeah, it's example, to, uh, we're not exactly fly-by-night, pero very questionable methodology. Yung mga radio surveys, for instance, di ba? Yung mga callers, o yung tumawag <laughs> Or, or social or Facebook service, online service. There's surveys. no science behind it, definitely, and, 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 but they and, get reported and the uh, politicians and their operators take advantage of that, no? And, and actually, one thing that we're doing right now in, in, in DigiVoice is because ours is an online, uh, is a uh, mobile app. Uh, 
the way it's going to be administered is that we're going to have what is called our black, our, our white list, which is basically the list of our panel, our randomized uh, respondents. They're going to use the app because the app is up downloaded. But at the same time, because it is a downloaded app, anyone can download it, you can download it, and you can participate in the survey yourself, and, 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 and even if you're not part of the, of the sample. And so we're going to have two data sets. You have a data set of the control, random sample, and have a data set for the uncontrolled, okay? Which is basically anyone, which is uh, mimicking the radio survey and then the Facebook survey. As a social scientist, my interest here is something very academic. Of course, you expect the hypothesis will be there is a big difference. There's a big difference between the result of the randomized controlled survey and the one that is going to be very much like a, you know, a, a, a radio survey. You call, you know, or you just complete a survey in Facebook. For me, the question is how far would be the difference? How big is the difference? Sabi ko nga, paano kung wala palang pinagkaiba? Dinalindigan na tayo. Sorry, nagkaroon na tayo ng problema sa sampling. Pag ganun pala, paano kung lumalabas ang resulta pala ng, ng online na survey na walang na walang sa randomization, katulad naman lang naman ang resulta na may randomization. I'm thinking of that. If that happens, then we're going cross the bridge. But my hypothesis is that there's going to be a difference. But it, as a, for me, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an academic matter. But it would, okay. it would, it would help if you look at yung dynamics ng numbers. Okay. Be be before, uh, before I go to uh, Professor De Inla, we're nearing the end of our discussion. Yun sa, ano, sa random sampling, basically lahat na nasa listahan will have an equal chance of uh, getting picked. Masa survey sila, equal chance. Well, okay, that's... Okay, okay, oh, oh, sige, sige. Anybody would like to answer that? Yeah, it, it, well, that's the most, you know, that's the ideal kind of, you know, uh, sa random sampling that uh, we wanted to have. But, you know, in real world, uh, that doesn't happen. It, no. I, I think the, the issue is actually implementation. Okay. Because hindi lahat yung na, napili mo doon or na random doon sa sample ay maaari mong uh, um, ma-reach. You know, you, you couldn't reach uh, out to them, uh, all of those people in the, in the sample. And Especially during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially at this pandemic. That's why kailangan mo din lakihan actually yung sample frame mo na tinatawag. So okay. may palugit din eh. And, 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 and to account for the, you know, for the non-response. Uh -oh. My final question for the two of you. Pakisagot na rin. Um, uh, after you, 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 you make your comment, Professor Contreras. Ito na, 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 na dinig ko to from, uh, from uh, veteran pollsters. No? So how do you um, ensure or guarantee uh, that your timing won't be known to political operators, campaign strategists. Diba minsan, pag yung field work, inaabangan nila eh. Let's say this particular week of the month, then bobombahin nila ng, ng advertisements, local radio for instance, just to make sure that uh, their candidate would be very much in the consciousness of the people who would likely be part of that survey. Okay. Actually, actually, that is one way you can corrupt the survey, especially if you're an organization and say there's one bad wind in your organization that can tip a politician and say, our sample is in this place, or you know, you just, this other person, even if that person doesn't know where's the sample, where's the sample, part of the sample, just go there and, you know, carpet bomb the area with propaganda. But that is one way of gaming the system. So therefore, it's a, you just have to protect yourself in terms of the confidentiality. But in terms of 
actual randomization, you know, it would have been better if you are do you have a list of all the voters or a list of telephone numbers. You can just randomize a number and call it. You know, that's the perfect randomization. However, what we have is we don't have that. You know, we don't have that. So, ang randomization actually is not a person but a place. That's the reality in in the in countries like ours. You randomize a place and then you paliit ng paliit from, from the region to a province to a town to a precinct. And then pag it's a precinct, minsan, in reality, what you do is you even, you don't even random sample, you randomize a person, you randomize a, a, a landmark, like a flag, mm-hmm. a flagpole in a barangay. And then from there, you walk a few meters, the first person that you're going to hit is that person. No, okay. Problem, huh? So, and and so that 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 is the reality. Okay. And that is why that is why it's something that is now uh, transcended when you have a digital I think uh, last word is that I think uh, we really need to be responsible pollsters and we need to educate our uh, the public about the methodology and of course uh, we need to, to, to be responsible in the way we present uh, our survey findings. Okay, Professor uh, Imelda Dean La and uh, Professor Antonio Contreras, thank you for joining us tonight. Maraming salamat. Maraming salamat. Thank you for having us. And before we go, the hashtag MagparehistroKa is gaining traction online as the deadline for voter registration here in the Philippines nears. Some netizens are using the hashtag to share their experience about becoming registered voters. Others also use the hashtag to shed light on other efforts that streamline the voter registration process. These include the recently launched Comelec mobile registration app, which allows users to fill out the registration forms using smartphones and the Registruck initiative in some parts of the country that aims to reach voter applicants in far-flung areas. The voter registration period ends on September 30 this year. So that's it for this episode. This has been your host, Christian Esquera. You can watch this episode again on I Want TFC or listen to our podcast on Spotify. Now for recaps and other exclusive content, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again tomorrow after the fact.